Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella, your host for Grief Recovery Now. So happy you're here today and listening to our podcast. I'm so grateful for your presence, no matter where you are in the world. We're really growing in our podcast. I look, we were like in eight countries recently when I was looking at the analytics. We're in the United States, of course, Canada, Cambodia. We were in Sweden. We were in the UK. And I can't even remember the other. Belgium was one of them. So it's really nice. It's just building. And, and this is a movement of grief recovery with the emphasis on recovery and not putting closure on your grief, but having a sense of completion about it to move on. So you can have a even deeper understanding and heart centeredness about your loss in whatever it is. It could be through death, loss of identity, and the many other ways that we experience loss and experience grief. So come as you are. That's what this podcast is all about. And so happy you're here today. Before I introduce my guest, our guest, I like to talk about what's going on, what I've observed or experienced in my life regarding grief and what's going on in the world today. I could tell you in the microcosm what's going on in my world today. Before this podcast, I was not even sure if I was going to be able to make it today because my dog all of a sudden could not walk on his right hind leg. He was in excruciating pain. And this morning I went to the VA or uh, it's called VCA, it's an animal hospital, and took them in right away. It was so weird right beforehand. I'm trying to call, no one is answering the phone. And I think with COVID, everybody's mixed up because you have to wait outside with your animal. And so these technicians and nurses and doctors are running all over the place. So I said, you know, I'm going there. I'm making our, ourselves a priority and my dog, of course, a priority. And I showed up and was there for hours. Well, it ended up nothing serious. I was afraid cancer. He's an older dog or something was up. But it turned out to be like a little foxtail. And I live in West Los Angeles and there's plants that are little foxtails. And one got in there and the doctor looked at least three times for anything in his paw, but couldn't find it. And so we thought, well, let's check again. Cause when she was feeling around, she didn't feel, feel, see any fractures or anything. So all in all, he's good. And it could have been worse, but it wasn't. But my experience I wanna talk about is that during the time we were in this parking lot, there all these people were crying. There was a couple emergencies. And I could tell by observing people. There was one woman who's sobbing hysterically, her parents around. There's anger, there's sadness, there's crying. Maybe the hospital didn't quite do what they expected and thought maybe the hospital could have done better, but there was something 
extremely wrong with the dog. And there was a lot of heartache going on that I was able to witness. And then I looked and there's another woman in her car sobbing hysterically. And she's sitting right there and I'm watching her just sobbing all by herself. I didn't know. And then there was a phone. So I wasn't sure if she was talking to someone, but I decided after witnessing it for about 10 minutes or so to walk over there, knock on her window, ask her if she was on the phone and just say, are you all right? Are you on the phone? I don't want to disturb you. She goes, no, I was just on the phone, but I'm not anymore. And she's sobbing about her dog. She talked a little bit about what's going on. It was very, very critical. I felt myself and I was I was so sad. I was crying with her, with the masks on. We could see our eyes. We, we looked in deep in each other's eyes and we just started grieving together. And I get chills right now. I was just, my heart was with her. I, had, I was empathetic and I just felt this sacred feeling of grief and being bare witness to someone who's in extreme grief and fear and having a sense of loss that could be coming. And she was a young woman, about 30 years old or so, but I was with her. And what I know about grief, there's a myth that the people who are grieving need to be alone. And that's a myth. There are times when you need your solitude, but we need to be with each other. And I don't know about her, but she helped me even go deeper in my heart. I talk about grief recovery. It's not intellectual. It's not a broken brain or something that's intellectual. This is a heart issue. Our brains are not broken. Our hearts are breaking or broken. And I was right there with her and my heart was breaking with her. It was such a sense of fullness of the sacred experience of life. We're taught to acquire things in this world. We're not taught how to lose them. And I'm not saying she didn't know how to lose because she was really experiencing her experience of possible losing her dog or just recognizing the pain and the discomfort the dog must be going through, her beloved dog. So I just wanted to share that. And if you see someone who's crying, sometimes, you know, ask them, can I listen? Are you okay? Would you like to talk about it? That's what we're here for. It's a communal experience. We don't experience grief alone. Let someone in. And it's, I've always believed when we share grief, it's halved. When we share our joy, it's multiplied. So let's remember that we're here for each other. And for me, I walked out of there. Thank God my dog, he's okay. It was a little thing in his paw that we couldn't find, but it could have been worse. And I wish somebody would come up to me and pat me on the back or just look at me and just say, I'm here, I'm with you. And no explaining about my experiences with loss or a sick dog or anything, but just right there with them. So that's my thought for today. I was so fortunate and blessed and grateful that I was able to bear witness someone's grief. And I hope my presence with her and just knocking on her window, letting her know I see her and I feel for her is important. And I hope it lessened somewhat or she was able to go just, you know, cry fully and knowing that she's not alone. So that's my little spiel today, an important one, at least for me to share with you today. And so let's get on with the podcast with our special guest. This is going to be a little different show. This is about Hospice the Musical. And our guest today is a creator, lyricist, and playwright who also plays the role of Rabbi David Goodman. His name is Benjamin Kintish, and we call him Ben. 
He is a cantor, a chaplain, and a music teacher when he is not on stage. This is the first musical he has created. He has loved singing and performing since early elementary school. Favorite past roles include Winthrop in The Music Man, Bert Healy in Annie, and Alfred P. Doolittle in My Fair Lady. This journey from hospice chaplaincy to songwriting to musical theater stage has been amazing and inspirational for him. I met Ben via Instagram. He reached out to me because I believe social media is such a great thing that was invented, especially during COVID right now. I don't want to forget that. We're in a whole thing going on with COVID. We see the light at the end of the tunnel and everything else that is happening in the world. And we met on Instagram. He reached out to me and said, hey, I'm interested in me being on your podcast. And I checked him out, talked to him before I invited him and secured our podcast date. And he was such a delight. And just learning about him when I was talking to him, I knew he was just right for our podcast, Grief Recovery Now. Please help me welcome Ben Kintish. Thank you, Thanks Ben, so for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Charlene. It's, it's a joy to be here and uh, really an honor to speak with you and all of your listeners. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're here today. And Hospice the Musical. I can appreciate that. But most people don't think of hospice, a musical. What about that? And what I learned about hospice, the musical, is that it's not about something going downhill or this sad, sad time, even though it is a sacred, horrible time. Tell me how it all created. How did it come about? And your experience being chaplaincy, I know you did some work while you were going to school. That's right. That's right. So the name of the play is Life Review. Oh, a musical. That's okay. You got the second half of the play, the second half of the title. So you're, you're absolutely right, Charlene. A lot of people hear the name of the project or the concept, and they kind of make this confused little face. They scrunch up their nose and they're like, is that a joke? And I say, it's not a joke, but it's actually quite funny. It is a musical comedy inspired by my real life experiences as a beginner chaplain working in hospice care. So six years ago, I was working as a synagogue cantor. It's like a music minister in a synagogue. And I had a lot of older congregants. The thing with older people, they, they have this nasty habit of dying. So I was doing a lot of funerals, a lot of bereavement work. It occurred to me that I might not have had all the skills I needed. So that, that inspired me to begin my chaplaincy training journey. Those of you who, who might not know chaplaincy training, there are a few different kinds of chaplaincy training. I did what's called CPE, clinical pastoral education. It's a four year program. I did my first year with an internship at Center for Hope Hospice in New Jersey, an organization that has two residential facilities, beautiful homes. My, my responsibilities were to go in and visit with patients and their loved ones to provide them spiritual support as they moved through their end of life journey. So that, that was the context in which this began. The actual germ of the idea, it came from being with patients and their loved ones bedside. Obviously with COVID times, the, the work of the, the chaplain is different and far more difficult because of rules regarding proximity and social distancing. But I did this many years ago before COVID was a thing. And so I would sit close and I would sometimes hold the patient's hand. And I learned this technique called life review, this technique, of course, 
course, that phrase became the title for the musical. So life review means asking questions of the individual, the patient, the elderly person dealing with end of life. And the the questions are meant to invite a story or stories about their life. I describe it as like a highlight reel of their life. Uh, So to quote a lyric from one of the, the songs, who are you? What did you do? Where did you go? Who did you know? Who did you love? Who did you lose when you had a choice? What did you choose? And it goes on. But if you think about those questions and reflect upon your own life, you're gonna get some big stories, right? When I was sitting with these people and hearing these stories, Charlene, I was just so blessed and so honored. You mentioned in your story about the, you, you saw that fellow patient in the parking lot crying and, and you shared in her grief. The role of chaplain is to, to sit with the patient and their loved one in their grief again and again and again. It's tough work, right? But it's also that process, to use your phrase of bearing witness, that was an honor for me and, and a really a great joy. Great stories from an individual or several whom I'd visited. I met these wonderful patients and sat with them bedside and I heard their stories. One night driving home, called my wife and I said, these stories are amazing. I think they want to be songs. And she said, why don't you get writing? That night I wrote my first song. That is beautiful. Now, what questions would you ask people in hospice as they're going through their end of life? What are you asking them and what does it, what's the purpose of it? Do they change their thoughts about the end of life or sort of appreciate their review of life? And I'm sure you hear it all. Regrets, wish they coulda, woulda, shoulda. Can you talk about some of the uh, questions that you've asked some of these patients while you were life reviewing them? Sure. It, it begins with the big picture. It, it begins with asking their name, where are they from? Tell me about your family. And of course, if the patient is communicative and talkative, you can go deeper and ask more about their jobs their successes, their pride, if they're comfortable. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes the stories were inspirational and impressive. And sometimes it was just a quiet dignity of a, a man who worked hard in a machine shop so he could pay his mortgage and send his daughter to college. Others were more glamorous, a man who had been former CIA and Mossad, ooh, a spy, <laughs> um, or a, a, a woman who, who was married to a band leader and went to all these clubs for years after years, a, a life full of music. Most of the, the stories, to me, it wasn't necessarily about if the person had a glamorous life or an interesting life. I mean, of course, it's a little bit more fun to meet someone where you go, ooh, they had an interesting life. But th- the truth is that whether their stories were sensational and fabulous or quiet and dignified, I was always glad to hear the stories. And by listening, you were asking why. The reason why is we don't always feel honored in our old age and in our illness. When you give someone the chance to share their truth, to share their story, you raise up the holiness of who they are 
and you make them feel special and heard. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Now, how have you changed through all of that as a young chaplain and your own thoughts about your end of life? You're young, you have young children and all that. How has that deepened your life? If it did, I don't know. Wonderful question. I've always been comfortable with older people and visiting with people who are ill. I know that's not easy for everyone, but it's something with which I have comfort. I've found that meeting so many different people and honoring them, even in the throes of serious illness, even as they approach their death, even as their loved ones grieve them after they have died, those experiences have been so rich for me. Also, part of the process of training to be a chaplain is going really deep into your own stuff, your own grief, your own experiences with death and dying and illness, because you have to be comfortable with that territory to walk it with others. Right. You know, I did some studying and there was like, I was a spiritual practitioner license. And the first part is called Prac One, Practitioner One, is know thyself like you did. And the next one, Prac Two, was working with others. So that's great that you had to know thyself in your experience or your ideas about it. Tell me, so that that's great to hear. So you're a young man. You must be in your 30s, right? Thanks for that. I'm actually just recently turned 40. How was your own experience with going through the grief and experience with people in hospice? And when you learned when you were becoming a chaplain, how has that changed you? We talked about the little bit about that earlier, about your own young family. A lot of people don't even look at death. And you were a young man while you were going through it. Did it deepen your appreciation for life and your life? Did that have any effect on that? Yes. You, you are, first of all, absolutely right that a lot of young people don't really engage with death and dying or their own mortality until they have to. Reasons why I created this play, I, I feel like it's got a lot of potential to teach people of all ages in the way that other musicals like Next to Normal has helped bring the, the topic of mental illness to the general public. And uh, Dear Evan Hansen has been wonderful to bring up conversations about teen suicide and loneliness. I hope Life Review, the hospice musical, helps the theater going public engage with their own mortality, engage with death and dying and grief. I know those are t tough topics. You know it full well because you, you do this, this work and you, you help your listeners through their grief recovery, which I, I think is so beautiful, Charlene. So that, that's been my motivation, at least for the, the educational part or, or the mission of the play. You also asked me about how has this work changed me, especially given that I'm a young man. So it, it may be a little bit cliche, but I found myself quoting the Joni Mitchell song, Big Yellow Taxi, a lot lately. It's very relevant in COVID times, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. I'll tell you in hospice care, you have people sitting there or lying in their bed facing their imminent death or their death, which will be coming in a matter of weeks or months. There's not much time left. And it's all about reflection and hopefully finding some comfort and some peace. 
when you witness that process and when you help others go through that process, it has made me reflect on my own life, certainly to be appreciative of my own youth and good health, and also to understand and, and try to have a healthy understanding of my own age and stage. Let me put it differently. When you're 40 and healthy, if your parents are still alive and still healthy, you don't need to think about this stuff too much. But because I've swam in these waters quite a bit, I feel like I have a lot more comfort with the fact of death and dying, with the fact of my own mortality. And I would hope that it helps me to be appreciative and, and grateful for my health and my youth, but also understanding that this journey of life, which begins with our birth, it continues with our adolescence and our growth and our adulthood, and then moves into a different phase as we age and approach the end of our life. That life cycle I've seen up close uh, through my work as a cantor, through my work as a chaplain, because I've had the honor of traveling with people on their life journeys from baby namings to burials. Wow, what a, what a beautiful, full experience that must have been and your own transformation. Now, before we talk about the musical and we're gonna have a treat where Ben is gonna sing one of the songs and whatever you wanna share or sing, that would be great. So la, 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 start. <laughs> so I hope you got your, uh, your singing voice ready. Oh yes, I, I I was doing my my vocal warm ups while struggling to get the computer right. <laughs> right, right, and you're on vacation now in your in laws' house, so the internet is a little crazy. So let it's me all ask. Good. Yeah, now I would like because our listeners they're alive, right? And some of yeah. them may be going through hospice or some some you know devastating illness that who knows where there's some uncertainty. But someone who is with someone who's going through it or they're going through it, what have you learned through the people you've experienced who have, are going through hospice or who have gone through hospice and transitioned out? What kind of tips do you have for, for our listeners as far as what was some of the regrets people had? And what would you have like recommended to the people who are with their loved one during the sacred time? on maybe how to be, because people get frantic. Sometimes at the end of someone's life, they haven't prepared. So it gets really frantic and all that. And maybe they prepare a little bit more because one of the reasons why I want you on the show is that it's okay to prepare. Maybe it won't happen. You can live another 10 years, but if it does, how do you prepare emotionally for the family to feel us? A, a lot of people are, have unresolved grief and incomplete grief. How do we get more resolved and completion with family? Because it gets complicated. Can you talk? I know this is a complicated question, but just go with it. <laughs> what do you think? I'm, I'm smiling because you, you use the word complicated grief and then you said what I was thinking, which is this is a complicated question. So I'll do my best. You, you are correct that grief in general is a very complicated web of emotions. That's for sure. And that's why the topic of your podcast and your grief recovery program is so rich and interesting and hopefully helpful to, to your listeners. You asked for tips. My number one tip is when you have a loved one, it actually 
has echoes of, of your opening story in the parking lot of the vet clinic. Acknowledge, let's start by acknowledging a, an uncomfortable truth. The uncomfortable truth is you and me and everyone listening is currently getting older. And by the end of the podcast, we will be 30 minutes closer to our own death. Not to be dark here, but that's just part of the human condition. There's a funny They Might Be Giant song, you're older than you're not, you're older than you were before, and now you're even older. Uh, and now you're even older. Right. So I wrote a, a, a similar song, which will not be the one song I sing, but the opening number of the show to break the ice. I say, everybody dies in the end. Sorry to ruin the play, my friend. Love them or hate them. And it's sort of a vaudeville comedy number. Oh, wait, I said I wouldn't sing. Um, <laughs> sing it. I don't care. It's all good. But the reason why I put that funny song out there to break the ice, I know that people come to this topic with deep anxiety and deep discomfort. So me and one of my collaborators, Jason Spiewak, we knew the audience would be sitting there feeling a little tense, a little nervous. So we said, all right, we need a funny number to break the ice. And he said, how about everybody dies? And I was like, yeah, everybody dies at the end. He said, that's it. And then I started writing. But punchlines notwithstanding, the fact of our mortality, difficult as it is, is probably the reason why so many people struggle so much to see others dying and to see others ill. I've heard it said that every time you go to a funeral, you also go to every other funeral you've ever been to. So any of our listeners who have been to more than one funerals, you know what I'm talking about. When you see a loved one who you used to know as healthier and younger, and there they are lying in the bed, sick or ill or injured and older than they used to be, it's unsettling. One, because we're sad that our loved one is not the younger, healthier, vital person we loved, but also, this is where it gets a little bit psychological, we see ourselves in them, especially if it's a spouse or a parent, right? Like if it's a parent, that old man in the bed is me in 40 years, right? Or the old woman in the bed is who's your mother. It's you in 30 years or 40 years. We might not say it out loud, but we all think it, especially when, when we're dealing with parents, with siblings and spouses, it's a different level of complexity because if we are at the age and stage, namely, if we are elderly, we know that there's more yesterdays than tomorrows, to quote one of my songs, and that's scary. So I started by saying all of the reasons why this is difficult. Acknowledging all of that, Charlene, the most important thing is to show up. I can't stress this enough. When I was in hospice as a chaplain, it was so beautiful when people were there with their loved ones. Um, sometimes people would bring grandchildren and they would bring art and they would sing or do a dance or whatever. Sometimes they keep the kids away. That's, that's a complicated choice, but I believe that kids can handle illness and death. So if it's a grandparent who's dying, don't hide the kid from that. It does them no favors. If it's your own parent and you have a complicated issue with them or you have any, you mentioned the phrase complicated grief I understand that we all have different relationships, especially with our family, right? We didn't pick our family. Maybe we picked our, 
our spouse unless it was an arranged marriage. But for the most part, we, we haven't picked our family. And sometimes we have really painful relationships with our, our loved ones. The unloved yet, ones. <laughs> what? You have loved ones and not so loved ones. Well said, well said. And the truth is, even the loved one who is difficult or even mean or even a formerly abusive, if you can be brave enough or graceful enough to let those old resentments go or just put them on the side for a minute and show up. Look, you don't need to be at the hospice every day for all six months of their hospice stay until they die. You can pay your respects and stay as long as you can handle and then go. But let me tell you, showing up really, really matters. And one more thing, and then I'll stop with the tips. A lot of people worry about the right thing to say. If you're worried about the right to, thing to say, just sit there, just sit there. Um, in our phones, most of us have a music app. And if you bring a little Bluetooth speaker, you can share music and just sit there and enjoy some music together. If you happen to be a musician like me, bring your guitar or sing a song. It's a great gift. That is to say, you don't need to do profound grief counseling for your loved one. Let the chaplain and the social worker do that, right? What you need to do is show up if you're allowed to hold their hand. In COVID times, of course, these tips are slightly altered, right? You might be doing FaceTime or phone calls. And, and I should say, even when things open up again, if you, listen, if, if you find the idea of going into a hospice like scary or intimidating, that's okay. You can call your loved one. We have, most of us have phones and they will be happy to hear from you. Yeah. And even make a little video or something and send it with a, you know, another relative or friend or something. If you're out of town. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that is great. Thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate it. Now let's talk about the musical. Now, Great. what's the song you'd like to share with us? Where did it come about? How did you start creating it? What was that spark that helped you write the song? Can you give us a little history? Sure. I think I'll, I'll offer today a, a portion of the title track from the musical. It's called Life Review. And the song is also called Life Review. I quoted it earlier, but I spoke it. I will sing it now. If you listen, Charlene and everyone else out there in podcast land, you'll hear that the song is structured around questions. So if you picture me up on stage as the chaplain and you're sitting in the audience, you can experience it on two levels. One, it's the chaplain having this life review conversation with someone in a bed. And I'm also asking the questions to you, the members of the audience. So I encourage all of you to take this time and reflect on your life. It's a little bit like an instant, a write your own obituary kind of task, but just think about your life and, and take this opportunity to reflect. So this is uh, like an experiential play. So we could just, and I bet you things can come up very fast through whatever your questions are through the song. Anyways, we'll see. I hope. So I love it. Uh, the, the lyrics are by me, Benjamin Kintish. Music is uh, by Michael Miller, one of my composers. And today, a cappella version. <laughs> Can, here we go. Who are you? What did you do? Where did you go? Who did you know? 
What did you lose? Who did you lose? When you had a choice, how did you choose? How did you choose? Tell me your story. Give a glimmer of your glory. How you got to here and now. I am here to hear you now. We are here to hear you now. Life review, sing of joys and heartbreaks. We can hear your voice even as it fades. Life review, through all the triumphs and the sorrows, with more yesterdays than tomorrows. Time to do a little life review. Tell me about your mom and dad. What was the best job you had? How about when your health got bad? When did you feel fine? Where did you live and where did you move to? What were the records you used to groove to? Is there time enough to ask all that I must? You can tell me your secrets if I earn your trust. What are you proud of? Are you carrying shame? Did you ever get married? What was their name? Too soon you have to go. Too soon I have to go, but now life review. Sing of joys and heartbreaks. We can hear your voice even as it fades. Life review through all the triumphs and the sorrows with more yesterdays than tomorrows. Time to do a little life review. Oh, that is beautiful. I can hear people clapping all over. That's so important. Thank you, Charlene. I love that you're on the planet and then you're sharing this through such a beautiful avenue of music. I think Thank music so is therapy. So, oh, I'm sure it's oh, I'm sure it's going to help many. So, What's going on now? We're at the end of our podcast. Now, how can we help? Where can we listen to it? Or is What are your plans with it? I know during COVID, we had talked about like you had all this going on, looking forward to doing the show and then COVID hit. Right. What's happening that the light is at the end of the tunnel somewhat? Absolutely. So like every other person in theater and live music, it has been a difficult year for me. That's true. But... We decided after spending a few months being angry at the world, we decided to pivot and try something new. So uh, for, for all of your listeners, I encourage you to check out lifereviewmusical.com. That's lifereviewmusical, all one word, dot com. And you can see a trailer video. Uh, you can listen to some of the music. You can hear... Um, some interviews I've done and read more about the history of the project. And there's quite a history there being that it's been six years in the, ma- in the making. 
in terms of right now, we are in the midst of Virtual Tour 2021. We've already had a couple of appearances. Uh, I took the two-hour, 10-minute musical with full dialogue and 16 songs, and I smushed it down to be more Zoom-friendly. Uh, so we have a 45-minute one-man virtual cabaret show I'm calling Life Review Stories and Songs. So instead of 16 songs, it's eight songs. I perform it live on the computer with a backing track, a couple of songs with live guitar, and narration and stories in between. So it feels a little bit like a musical. You know, you don't get a kick line. You don't get the ensemble numbers. We'll have to wait till theater opens up all the way for the kick line and the ensemble numbers. But uh, what I'm so excited about is in this virtual environment, um, just like me talking to you in sunny Los Angeles via the computer, I can perform for my local synagogue in Columbia, Maryland, from my home in Columbia, Maryland, or I can perform for a hospice in Canada or Los Angeles or a synagogue or a church or an organization. I'm open to all possibilities. Um, the cabaret show is 45 minutes with the 15 minute Q&A to follow. We also have available for an additional fee, a training sort of educational session following the show. So if you're part of a hospice organization or if you're part of a church or synagogue or mosque that's doing end of life education, this might be a great opportunity to help your congregants or help members of your organization engage with this topic that I acknowledged earlier in the interview is difficult, right? Maybe people don't want to just come for a lecture about end of life care or what is hospice all about, but maybe they'll check out a musical because that's a little bit, a little bit more engaging. Maybe it, it's, it's a little less scary than a, than a straight up lecture. Uh, so if you, if you come to the, to the website, uh, there's a, a contact form, get in touch with me. I'll be happy to talk to you and find out what you're looking for and uh, move it forward from there. I'm also on Instagram, as you heard earlier, at Life Review Musical. So if you're on Insta, hit me up. I'm sharing up a lot of pictures, but also occasionally songs from the show and um, going to start some IG Live interviews with other people working in the grief world as well as other musicians and, and theater professionals who are trying to engage with this rich topic. Awesome, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and keep, it, keep in touch with us. Let me know if us know or me know what's going on in your future and anything else, like when it starts going live, maybe we could talk about, you know, anything, any expansion with your project and your mission with this. So thank you, Ben, so much for being on the show. and. Thank you. You're doing good. I'm so happy for you and your family. Go ahead. I, I was wondering if I could just close with a snippet of a song from the last number, just to say thank you. In oh, that end, would be awesome. And then we'll end it there. Great. So, okay, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Let it rip. I thank you for letting me be in your room. Light of your hope, bright in the gloom. In the end, I thank you. In the end, I thank you. In the end, I thank you.
In the end, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you're a special being and have a great vacation. He's in Chicago right now with his family <laughs> and have a great time. We had some internet issues. So hopefully in editing, we'll all, you know, it'll all come out beautifully and he'll be on soon. Oh, and thank you again. And everybody, we're on all the podcast platforms. Apple is a place where you can rate and review and subscribe and all that good stuff. Help us spread the word. Tell your friends and family about it. And we're here to serve you so gratefully. So bye, you guys. Till next time. Love and hugs. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts. And we'll keep you posted on our next podcast. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash GRMS forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.